Welcome to Spitfire and Sass. Divine discernment and worldly defiance. Pursue truth, wisdom, and joy, and live free for entertainment only. There is a magical paradox of independent unity in the body of Christ. Man's way is to be a follower of worldly wisdom and customs. God's way is for everyone to enjoy a unique freedom as a leader within the body of Christ. The result is the avoidance of living imprisoned within mental limitations, constructs which most people are totally unaware of, yet severely limited by. What if we could step outside the matrix of these constructs and find mental clarity that would become the key to a freedom that many people will never experience? How could life change for us then? The mind can be the most serious, impenetrable prison. I'll let you in on a secret, a secret that has the potential to change your life immensely. Our minds sometimes seem to be a mystery. The old saying is that we only use a small percentage of our minds, and while I'm no scientist specializing in brain research, I can share some truths that over 20 years of psychological and spiritual studying and observation has taught me. I believe our minds work somewhat like a radio. Have you ever had an absolutely crazy, off-the-wall thought pop up and wonder where in the heck it came from? It's like sometimes thoughts come out of some strange foreign abyss of sorts. The secret I want to share is this. When we have a thought pop up, instead of immediately assuming it arose from the depths of, of our heart and identifying with it, we can pause and observe it before making a judgment about it or letting it influence us. Yes, we can observe and evaluate our own thoughts instead of just sitting there essentially being an unwilling spectator, subjected to one after another, jerking our emotions left and right, and taking us on a winding path called wasting our time. So, have you ever caught yourself wasting large amounts of time just mulling something over and over and over, only to look up and realize you just spent an hour dwelling on something? Like if you're nervous about some upcoming appointment or event, you might speculate all the different ways that it might turn out. Or you might recall an unpleasant exchange of words that you had with someone and spend some time thinking about all the ways you could have responded better. Those are just two quick examples, but the point is, oftentimes our minds can quote unquote get away from us like a runaway train. And so we become the unwilling passengers. So back to my theory. If we are really in charge of our thoughts, can't you see what a slack job we typically do? They can be not only completely unproductive, but even damaging to our psychological health if they go unchecked. Isn't it fascinating? In the Handbook for Life, also known as the Bible, we are actually instructed to keep a close watch and guard our thoughts. Specifically, we are to take every thought captive to obey Christ, and we are even instructed on which things to think on. Philippians chapter 4 says, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 
Now, if we combine this information with the many verses instructing us to renew our minds, it's pretty evident that God feels we need a little help understanding how to use our minds. And it also becomes very clear how important using our mind correctly actually is. And it's so important that the only way God tells us that we can properly use our minds is to be directed by Him. He doesn't say, go out there and think about things without His assistance. We actually need His work, His help to help our minds work properly. And that's what it comes down to, thinking that we know best or believing that He knows best and trusting Him. If we choose to take the reins ourselves, disregarding his input, we will suffer. Sometimes we are like immature kids who think daddy is old and he doesn't know Jack. And this, thinking that we can get by just fine without his assistance, is what Jesus often referred to as, quote unquote, the old way or old ways. Honestly, I'm kind of sick of the old way of doing things. Jesus discussed several traditions as the old way, and his point was to illustrate that once someone chose to become a member of the body of Christ, part of being renewed meant that the old ways would be replaced with new ways. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So our job is to continually renew our minds. And this means testing our thoughts, evaluating them, using discernment to ensure that they meet our Heavenly Father's standards. As for what Jesus meant in regards to the old way of thinking and therefore living, prior to any kind of mental or spiritual renewal, well, we can find several examples of these in Matthew chapter 21. And to me, one important commonality in all these examples is that the old ways were literal and regimented and rigid, and the new way meant dealing with things on a spiritual level. For example, he explained that if someone lusted after another person for married people, it was no different than committing adultery in the material world. It was the same. So he's looking at the heart. He's speaking about what's inside of us. We can expand these lessons to understand that living in the body of Christ truly does mean a total overhaul of the Spirit. It's like we are given new eyes, like in the song Amazing Grace, where it says, I once was blind, but now I see. But y'all, we are still stuck in so many old ways. Very often, we are not vigilant with renewing our minds and using discernment with our thoughts all these years after Christ walked the earth, and we are still confused and lost. So to get right to the point, allow me to propose an explanation for this. Maybe keeping the old ways alive serves a purpose. So who would it be serving? Is it us? Are the old ways really serving us, the majority of humanity? We'll get back to this, but let's first get clear on what it means to live by old ways, specifically in regards to the kinds of things that Jesus renounced. Relevant examples might look something like taking someone's worth at face value and not trying to see their heart and intentions. Like when someone is troubled and we just write them off as having issues or 
being less than us because of any number of labels that we might apply to them, instead of just seeing a hurting or confused heart. This might be an example of how Christ has emphasized so much that we should love and be patient with one another, and how no one could be the first to throw a stone of judgment because we all fall short of the glory of God. There's the difference, the old way and the new way. Another example of what might be an old way is placing more value onto someone following religious rituals instead of recognizing the obvious fruits of a changed spirit that was created from a more personal relationship with Christ rather than one on public display. Scripture makes it clear that the evidence of a changed heart is the fruit of the Spirit. Yet, sometimes we tend to ignore a lack of these fruits like kindness, joy, and gentleness, and instead look to a person's reputation or their deeds as proof of a Christ-filled heart. And that goes against what we're told. Old ways versus new ways. Okay, so old ways like giving more credence to people with credentials that prove stature and status based on limited human curricula rather than someone without but who has led their life guided by the Creator. Jesus set the example of who and what we should give our attention to. I do believe he would consider time spent overvaluing human wisdom as time wasted. During his time here, he spent many hours teaching the only real lasting truths that we have, those which help shape the perspectives of someone wise enough to make the best choices in life. And he clearly said that once he left, the Holy Spirit would then come into a believer's heart to do the very thing that he did in person, to lead and guide us. What higher wisdom could we ever hope to attain? So when we break down some examples, it's clear to see that we are still living with a worldly mind and focus. I suspect many Christians are also being directed by the mind rather than the Holy Spirit as well. You know, oftentimes we tend to take some of these things that Jesus taught us as simply nice sentiments, admirable, but not realistic. But y'all, I'm very confident that he meant exactly what he said. And he even knew that no matter what, some of these truths would fall on closed ears. So as it turns out, old worldly ways are still in style after all this time. So the real question is why? Are we not taking them seriously? What if many of us are simply just followers by nature? Let's take a look at what that could look like. Oxford Languages defines groupthink as the practice of thinking or making decisions as a group in a way that discourages creativity or individual responsibility. Are we just jumping on board with whatever those around us think? or with whatever those with credentials determine is the right perspective? Remember in past episodes, we discussed the need for belonging. We must admit, it feels great to be part of a group, and usually groups are known to be made up of like-minded individuals. But we could say that Jesus' disciples were a group too, right? They were all on the same page about his directives. Well, almost all of them. Still, if we take a critical look at all the accepted thought structures, 
within our family, our friends, our community, our culture, whatever groups that we may naturally find ourselves to be a part of. If we take a hard look at all of those, we may find a few beliefs that have been subtly formed as a result of groupthink, and we may realize that these beliefs are not serving us well. They also may even be completely opposite of what Christ has taught. Y'all, it's such an interesting process to take the time to do this kind of digging and examination. I have done it myself, and it's somewhat surprising to realize that things you've thought of as normal and right are just things that have been somehow ingrained into your automatic thinking. Like our brains are sponges soaking up whatever we are exposed to. And here's the key part, without our knowing that we're soaking these things up, we don't realize we're doing this. And then this colors our thoughts and it shapes our beliefs. It's so subtle, y'all. And this has to be why Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, To be careful what we think because our thoughts run our life. Does that sound like living free? To you? What if we let God do the thinking? You know, the one who made everything? We have to admit he knows infinitely more than we do. Then our only job is to have faith that he has our best interest in mind and to use discernment and vigilance to make sure we don't get led astray. Now that sounds much more freeing to me. We can be jerked around by untamed thoughts and emotions or even by others' thoughts and emotions. Or we can relax into the foundation of unchanging truth. See, there's power in abandoning old ways. This all reminds me of how when we're young, we think our parents don't know anything. And then we grow up and we're like, hmm, mama was right about everything. <laughs> but how much more right is the one who made this world and all of us in it? I mean, to think that we know better than him is both laughable and sinful with grave repercussions. We can choose to think that we are better off living independent from God's guidance through the Holy Spirit as well. And this can feel like freedom at first, okay, to live independently of him until one day we realize the real nature of human minds and that we need that wise and mature fatherly direction. It's not weakness, y'all. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9-11 through 11 says, He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. It really is true that with one simple decision, that we need Him. We suddenly have an abundance of guidance, strength, relief, and support from the most powerful being in existence. How cool is that? So an interesting exercise to do is to write down examples of the following three points. Number one, all the routines and rituals that people follow today. What, what can you think of? Just list out everything you can think of. Now, how many of those apply to you? 
Do you find that any of your thoughts or beliefs have been influenced by any of your deeds or accomplishments? Also, make a list of all the groups that we can choose to be a part of and any labels that we might apply to our identity as well. We're going to talk about that next time. But to contrast, what would Jesus say about who you are? What are the benefits of being a child of God? Which identity gives you the most important and lasting benefits? Your career label or the label of being a child of God with heavenly guidance? Number three, lastly, write down examples of when you found yourself in the midst of spiraling thoughts, when a lot of time passes, but your thinking about whatever topic or situation really didn't get any clearer, no matter how hard you tried to figure something out. It was just spiraling and you just kept thinking and thinking. Now ask yourself this, did you turn it over to God? Did you pray about it? Did you say, God, I I can't figure this out on my own really need your help. Well, that's it for part one of Freeing the Mind. Next week, we will take it a step further and look at identity and striving, among other things. Until then, start observing your thoughts and take note of any that pop up that do not meet the standards detailed in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 and pray about it. Look out for a quick, uplifting midweek inspiration show, and until then, y'all have a wonderful start to the week.